driving What is this I see? Two palm trees together that twisted like you and me But they're growing strong Cause they keep on holding on So let the hurricanes blow us back and forth We'll sway till the rain is gone We can make it through any kind of monsoon, baby Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Love Florida Realtor Podcast. This is your host, Mark Hanover, and I am a realtor with Keller Williams Peace River Partners in Port Charlotte and Punta Gorda. And today I am super, super excited to introduce my good friend, Matt Burmeister, who is the mastermind of Tiki Tom Toms and the Pineapple Beach Party, who I just found out today finally topped the weekly Trop 40 with Radio A1A, Music for the Road to Paradise, by the way, with his new song, Stella Sunshine. Uh, I am so proud of him. I am so happy for him. Uh, It's some long overdue, really awesome recognition for him. Uh, Matt has been a friend of mine, as I said, for about six years or so. Uh, He's done a lot of shows around the Midwest, and he has done a lot of really great work with special needs kids as well, uh, which he will talk a little bit about here during our interview and uh i was just so so happy that he was able to get that number one spot that is so cool uh also matt wrote and performed the twisted palms song which is the theme song for my other company twisted palms trading company uh twistedpalmsco.com by the way yes and uh it was really cool being a part of that process because although i didn't write any of the lyrics or the music for that matter uh, i did contribute subject matter for the song, which was really special because I've never actually gotten a chance to do anything like that before. So uh, thank you again, Matt, for giving me that gift. And so without further ado, Matt Burmeister with the Tiki Tom Toms and the Pineapple Beach Party. Hey, hello everybody, Radio A1A. This is Mark Hanover, uh, realtor with Keller Williams Peace River Partners. And today I have a very special treat for you guys. I'm super excited about this. This is years in the making, felt like decades in the making to tell you the truth. The writer of Twisted Palms, Matt Burmeister is with us here today. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you for that introduction, by the way. Exactly. <laughs> no, for, for those of you that don't know, uh, I moved down to Florida probably a little bit more than a year ago now. And uh, Matt and I have known each other for three years. Has it been that long? Never met. First Never time we met. met and though. that's that's one of the reasons I'm telling the story. Yeah. Just because <laughs> uh, hilariously, I to get to Florida, I had to drive right by your place. <laughs> yeah. I uh, literally drove through Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Of course, it was like at 11 p.m., but still. Uh, so it's really cool to be able to meet you, man. Thank you. Uh, hyper excited. So Tiki Tom Toms and the Pineapple Beach Party. Yes, sir. You so, nailed it on the first try. Lyle, I think, still has some issues. Lyle can't say that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and by the way, love you, Lyle. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, he just gave up and started calling you Matt. And just That's right. It, whatever works. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Matt, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Wow. Um, Who is Matt? Where are you from? What you do? Uh, whew, that's a long one. Uh, actually, was born in Illinois. Um, lived in uh, California for a while, and I went to school. Went to Musicians Institute out there in Hollywood, California, for wow. a couple years. Um, ended up moving to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, where I did a bunch of music. Worked with alligators while I was down there. That's awesome. Uh, decided to move back closer to home because home was still family was still in the Illinois area, mm -hmm. but the town I'm from is small and not much to offer and kind of going down the tubes so uh, we ended up uh, just kind of south of Indianapolis so that's that's how I ended up in the mid back in the Midwest in the Indianapolis area so yeah to start so what prompted the music what uh, when did that all start just the music in general or or the drop rock side of it let's start with music first ooh um, well, to not give away the age too much, but it was really the hair, the hair metal era was kind of what I was into. The Bon Jovi's were, that's what made me start wanting to play guitar. Okay. Yeah. And so I started off playing that type of music, even maybe a little heavier. Okay. I came from a heavier side of things. Um, My fiance would love you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did, uh, did a lot of the normal, you know, you make a band with your buddies and it doesn't go anywhere. And But uh, I obviously, when I moved out to California, I was more serious about it than most people. So I knew it's what I wanted to do. Um, well, side note, I was actually in college playing baseball. I played baseball and had a scholarship to a junior college near home. Really? And that's about the time I realized that that's not what I wanted to do. What I wanted to do was was music because for some reason, you know, poverty and <laughs> people's constant opinions were what I would much rather have in my life. Exactly. But, <laughs> but no, um, so uh, yeah, I started making music with friends and writing. Writing was what I found that I really liked to do the most. I was never, I was never the guy that wanted to be in a cover band because mm -hmm. that's not what excited me. Mm -hmm. I would rather write my own horrible songs than spend weeks or months mimicking someone else's. I know to a certain degree you have to do that, especially now if you're playing a restaurant and you got to kill four hours and everybody wants to hear "Free Bird." Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway. So, uh, after going to school, learned a lot, moved to Myrtle Beach. I ended up doing kids music when I was in Myrtle Beach. Okay. Which was really pretty cool, to be honest. I worked at a park, and they had a mascot suit. It just was sitting around in the corner. And I was just telling you earlier before we started, I started working in the ticket booth at this mm. place, and I was miserable in the ticket booth. And so I saw this old mascot suit, and you know, Barney's a billion dollar industry or something ridiculous. So I'm like, I could do that. So I talked him into letting me start a kid's show. So uh, I started doing kids music, and we had kids shows with mascots, and really opened my eyes to a lot of, you know, different things. Not being so pigeonholed with being a 
guitar player in a rock band. Right. You know, that kind of more of that. Batteries. Yeah, it's like music is music, whatever. If, it, if you're having fun and people are enjoying it, what does it matter? And so that really did kind of change the way I looked at a lot of things. So, yeah. And so I then kept doing a little bit of, of kids' music here and there. And um, ended up meeting a guy from Fort Wayne. And we were working on a kids' project that went sour. The relationship with him, all of it, he turned out to be... We'll keep it clean. It just went sour. Um, but we were kind of starting to go into that tropical world. And I really liked it. And so after that went sour, I thought, why don't I keep going in this direction? Because it's a lot of fun. And uh, that's kind of how I started to uh, dip my toe into the trop rock world, if you will. Okay. <laughs> well, you certainly dipped your toe into it. <laughs> uh, so where did Tiki Tom Toms and the Pineapple Beach Party come from? The name? Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated by this because you are not named Tom in any way that I know of. Right. I honestly, I wish I had a good story for you, but I truly don't. Um, so I used, I used to have a couple of kids that I taught. They were twins, a boy and a girl. One played drums and one played bass. And after this project ended with this Fort Wayne guy, I was in the middle of teaching them, and they actually had a Christian band, and I was kind of helping them with their Christian band. So somewhere in the middle of that, they kind of became my rhythm section when I was writing stuff. And so that was the initial Tiki Tom Tom's band. And we were trying to think of the name, and we couldn't think of the name, and people were throwing out stuff that was just too pretentious, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's just not me. And I, I literally just said, I blurted out Tiki Tom Toms and the Pineapple Beach Party. And everybody just kind of giggled. And they're like, is you serious? And I'm like, why not? What, well, you know? Lyle never be able to say it. Let's let's go with Tiki Tom Toms <laughs> and the exactly Pineapple right. Beach Party. <laughs> and that was it. It was, it was so ridiculous, it became the best choice and uh, you know we had the logo put on the the kick drum head and then anybody that would see it would read it and they would just be like that is so bad I love that name nice. I'm like exactly there you go that's awesome yeah that's 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 where it came from man. so we came up with the graphic the little guy uh, that's a guy I know uh, he's an artist and we've done uh, a bunch of stuff over the years we've traded work I've done music for he's kind of uh, jumped into the indie film world a little bit so I've done some music for some of his things and he's done a couple logos for me and so we've just traded work back and forth his name is Bob East so he he drew the Tiki God and the background and then another guy I know actually kind of put it into logo form so that's cool yeah that's cool so um where have you gigged before? Like, how many different places have you gigged? Because from I remember, you were going around a lot when we very first well, met, and even afterwards. I mean, you know, being in the indie area, there's not as there's not as many probably opportunities as there is down here. Mm -hmm. um, and so, it really, it's just a lot of restaurant patios, things like that. We've uh, we've done some. Um, 
what would you call them? Just some festivals, mm -hmm. things like that. But uh, mostly restaurants, patios, private house concerts. Have a couple of those coming up actually when I get back. Oh, Got one on a Friday back in Indy and then uh, 26 private parties, apple orchards. You know, when. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> When you're when you're a gigging musician, like they say, there's no gigs too small. It's like you you take what you can get. I mean, mm -hmm. we all would love to be playing stadiums, but it's not the cards at the moment. So speaking of uh, gigging and uh, playing stadiums and stuff like that, uh, how has this year gone? This this COVID nonsense that's been occurring. Slow. Yeah. Gigging-wise, it's been very slow. As a matter of fact, I don't think I didn't play my first gig until about a month ago. Yeah? Yeah, because everybody was kind of on the fence whether they were going to open back up, and then some of the places that did open back up, they didn't feel they had it in their budget because obviously they'd lost so much money, which was understandable. Sure. And um, so, yeah, but uh, an apple orchard I play at every year. I played there for the last five or six years. They said, you know what, we're not having our normal festival, so come on out anyway. So that's really kind of started it back in. And yeah. and uh, just, that's how the house concerts came about too. Somebody met us at that gig and was kind of like, we didn't really even know that anybody was even doing this anymore. So they hired us to come play a party. And some other people I know have been dying to get some music and some fun, so they're putting together a house concert that we're going to play at. So it's been slow, but it's, I guess, coming back a little bit. And, you know, Indiana, it's almost too cold to start doing anything outside anymore. Uh, so getting there. We have a finite window. I'm getting there. Probably about another, what, three weeks? Yeah. Tops? For sure. Yeah, when we were uh, driving down, uh, it was November 15th, I want to say, of last year. And... A snowstorm hit. Yeah. South Bend, November 15th. What the heck? And of course, I just figured it was Indiana giving me the finger on the way out because, <laughs> <laughs> because I was literally in a uh, rider truck. Like, yeah, okay, fine. They're like, we lost another one. That's exactly right. Fine. That, <laughs> if that's how you feel about me, yeah, trust me. Yeah. But, um, all right, well, cool. Well, what, uh, what are you doing now? Like, as far as project goes or futures for. Millions of things. Millions um, of things. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, well, I'm in the middle of the newest EP, and they just they take a long time because I end up doing 90% of it all. And the guy that I record with, obviously he has his own schedule. So a lot of times I can't get over there and record with him until a Tuesday night from 9 p.m. to 11. Right. So we'll do a little bit of work. And then I won't see him for a couple more weeks. And then I got to go back. So so it does end up taking a long time. Uh, and I'm probably three songs into a seven-song EP. So at that rate, it'll be done by 2024. You know? <laughs> no, two, a couple of them are already out. Uh, Myrtle Beach has been out for a couple of months now. Mm -hmm. uh, Stella Sunshine is the newest one that has just come out. Uh, we have one we've already recorded basic tracks too i'm just kind of decorating it now mm -hmm. uh, so we'll release that when it's done and then i got to kind of keep going in and chipping away at the rest of it all right which is you know kind of a plus i guess you can release it all as singles now even though i i prefer an actual cd hard copy just because of where i came from 
culture. I can't imagine not ever getting a CD pressed, even if nobody ever wants it. Right. I just need that physical thing in my hand to feel like, ah, this is what I was working for. You know, it's like getting your paycheck at the end of the week. Absolutely. It helps you. It helps ground you and remind you. This is this is why I put in all the work. This is how it happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. And that's actually the kind of a side story. First CD I ever did, I ended up hanging on my wall. And everybody was kind of like, you know, making fun of me like, like it was a gold record. And it's like, but that's honestly not why I put it up on my wall. There's probably a lot of musicians or just people in general that can relate to this. Even though you've done this a hundred times, there's always a certain point in the creative process for me that I think I'm never gonna figure it out and I'm never gonna finish it and I should just give up now and sell all my stuff and just go sell shoes and be Al Bundy and get it over with. <clears throat> and, then, but then, and then you look up at that thing on the wall and you're like, right. well, you said that before and you made it happen. And then, you know, you put the next one on the wall and the next one on the wall and so. I completely relate just, to that. I, I was in construction um, a lifetime ago. And I actually worked with my dad at the time. And after I, we were uh, general contractors. Mm -hmm. And for those of you that don't know what a general contractor is, which I wouldn't blame you if you didn't, um, basically, uh, say your favorite restaurant hires you to go in and build their building for them. And we were mostly doing fast food places at the time, different chains. And uh, that's what happened. The chain hired my dad's company and he sent me out to actually build the thing. And after much hilarity and a lot of heartbreak and tears and <laughs> alcohol and other stuff that uh, followed after that project it was my first one um, about a month later he actually gave me a framed main page of the blueprint of it and I've always kept that just because yeah. it's just something that reminds you of what you went through to get there and right that's completely cool I understand that yeah it's it's a it's a stepping stone it's a it's a marker in your life it's yep it's something to be proud of you know you you overcame you you follow through absolutely yeah so I completely relate to that yeah um, so as far as music goes mm -hmm. how does that process go for you because I've talked to uh, many artists not just chop rock artists uh, where they say okay they get struck by lightning and 10 minutes later they have 15 songs and then I have other people that you know it takes 10 years to finish one song and so where are you on that spectrum how does that go I'm right in the middle yeah yeah um, there are those times like, the weird thing about the the music that I'm recording right now, 90% of it, I had written right after the Green record came out. So that's two years ago. That's a bit. Yeah. And I pretty much, these songs just all just flooded out. Mm -hmm. And, I mean flooded out within four or five months. I had them all. From that point until now, I've probably written two others right and so sometimes I need sometimes I will do weird random things like email a guy I've never met and ask if he wants me to write a song for his business that's true you do <laughs> I can attest to that yeah because I just get to that point where nothing's coming and I just think I need I need inspiration so I need a ch I need a challenge I need the project and that's kind of what that was Thank I you. need I need to be able to to kind of, you know, shift gears in my brain and start making it happen because, again, songwriters can probably 
sometimes you're just grabbing, but there's just nothing there. Or you're writing, but what you're writing, you know, it, it's just crap. It's like, this isn't any good, you know? It's like you're just trying too hard. You've probably mm -hmm. heard that in artists over the decades. Sure. Some of their best, biggest hits, they're like, wrote it in five minutes. Yeah. The one that we labored on for years, nobody cares about. I, I was just going to say, though, that, you know, you, you say that you're worried that what you're turning out is crap. But how many times have you heard artists say, oh, yeah, that's just a piece of excrement there. And I don't even want it on the album. And it winds up being, you know, just because he passed away, jump. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, something along those lines. Well, and the one that came to me going back to, um, you know, the hair metal was Cherry Pie. Yep. If you've ever seen that. Uh, Which he hated till the day yes. he died. Yeah. You ever see Janie Lane's <laughs> interview? He's like, I could shoot myself for writing that song. I yep. hate it. He's like, the album was called Uncle Tom's Cabin. The single was Uncle Tom's Cabin. Yep. Now I'm doing Cherry Pie Eating Contest. That's yep. my legacy. And it was the same thing. He just wrote it over the weekend and sent it in because the record label said they wanted something. Felt they needed a hit. Yeah. And the sure, I'm, I'm sure he had a good time and made quite a bit of money off of it. But yeah, it's just weird how that works. <laughs> so. so speaking of interesting writing, where did Surf and Sasquatch come from? Aha. I am a huge fan of the Bigfoot Sasquatch lore, if you will. Okay. Um, I'm not going to be the guy that tells you that they exist 100% because I don't know. I've never seen, I've never seen one. I've never had. I've never even had an experience. I just love the idea, and I watch the documentaries constantly, and I just love it. And so it was one of those times where you kind of how do you combine? things that are fun and things that you like and you know you put them together and my love for all things Sasquatch <laughs> turned into a, a drop rock song so but it, it's worked out <laughs> because I ended up writing a jingle for the Oregon Bigfoot Festival that's amazing <laughs> gets better gets better so should be he told me he emailed me about two weeks ago and he said it should be done in about a month they've been working for the last year on a documentary and so my jingle will be in the documentary and surf and sasquatch is supposed to be in the documentary that's amazing so yeah i'm, I'm pretty jazzed to see how that turns out you should be it you know it could be amazing it could not be, but I'm just really excited. Because obviously when you write a song like Surf and Sasquatch, you can't have too high hopes for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I never did I think that this thing was gonna, you know, take over the world and be everyone's favorite song. So the fact that it would even make it to Radio A1A and get on the top 40 mm -hmm. and now be in a documentary, that's probably about as far as this bad boy's gonna go, but who knows, right? Well, you even got some attention from a prominent Sasquatch uh, mm. dude, did it? If I recall correctly, I don't recall the name at the moment. Uh, Cliff Barrickman yeah. from Finding Bigfoot. Yeah. yeah, he did. He emailed me and he reposted it on his Facebook page and gave me a nice little, little quote, so that was kind of cool. 
that is cool. Yeah, it's a yeah, lot of fun. So, so I'll, I'll definitely let, let everybody know when the uh, when the documentary is out because I'm excited to see how it turned out. Me too. Yeah, I'll watch that. That sounds really. Yeah, fun. I, I mean, I I think it's supposed to be. And this is, sounds bad to say, but. I think it's supposed to be a pretty quality thing. Like they got a real director who has done, even if it's just like commercials for networks. So it's not just a guy with an iPhone putting this together. I mean, I think they had a pretty solid budget. So that's good. Yeah, that is good because I I know what you're talking about. I've watched a lot of that stuff. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And before we go on, I'd like to bring up one of our sponsors, which is Exora Galora. Uh, Exora Galora is a small residential landscaping business that is in Port Charlotte and Punta Gorda. Uh, it is owned by a woman by the name of Susie Benninghoff, and she just wants you guys to know that second summer is coming if you live down here in Florida. Uh, of course, summer really never went away with Florida. And uh, she is wanting to make sure that everyone has a chance to get a hold of her to schedule an appointment to start talking about getting some of your beds and some of your landscaping put together so you can really enjoy it during your time down here during the winter months. Um, Susie really really puts together a outstanding package for folks. Uh, not only is she affordable, but she really does take the time to give you that personal touch. She's not one of those companies that just kind of comes out, writes down a couple things. Yeah, yeah, we'll see you in six weeks and then comes back and uh, kind of does half of what she wanted. When you hire her, she actually goes shopping for your stuff. Not someone else's. She doesn't buy in bulk. She goes out to local nurseries, makes sure that she gets plants that have been well taken care of and that will bring you joy and beauty in your home for years to come. So Exora Galora has service you can't ignore. And uh, if you'd like to get a hold of Susie, please call 803-606-6105. Again, that's 803-606-6105. Or go to the Facebook search bar and type in Exora, which is I-X-O-R-A. Galora, G-A-L-O-R-A, and she'll come right on up and uh, just give her a call, guys. I think you'll love her. Um, so, interesting thought, uh, just because you you're very are entrenched in the, the trap rock world and uh, more and more becoming a name people recognize, especially through your experiences through Radio A1A and some of the other networks that are playing you now. Um, do you ever feel like you, you are having to like write tropical oriented songs or is that just something that happens naturally for you um or? that's a good question um i gotta tread lightly here i don't feel like i'm forcing myself to write tropical songs okay <clears throat> as a matter of fact another part of the reason that i hadn't finished this new record early on is that i purposely stepped away from trop rock for a little bit, mm-hmm. um, I just I didn't understand some things, so uh, so I thought maybe you know it's funny because you said that people are starting to know me more, which it sure doesn't feel like it. Yeah. You know, I mean I don't know what I'm not saying that I'm looking for anything in particular, but I'm still very much a guy on the outside fringe. You know, okay. who uh, knows you and knows Lyle, and that's that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, and it's it, it's there's a solid group there. Even when I got into this four or five years ago, however long it was, you know, I'd look at all of the the big shows and all the people winning awards, and it's like the same six people 
than, you know, than have been. So I, it's it's a tightly knit group, and I get it. But I I stepped away because I thought maybe maybe I could put my time into something that was more beneficial for me. Maybe I wasn't doing the right thing. So I started working, doing some stuff with uh, Down Syndrome Indiana and some of the Down Syndrome families and kids, which was wow. fantastic. Um, just trying to, I did a, came down here last year, wrote a song for uh, Donate Life and Lifelink in Fort Myers. So I started doing some things like that, just feeling like maybe my time was better spent or would be more well received doing something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, you know, I, I like how fun Trop Rock is, and I like I like writing the music and playing the music. And I've said it before, I like a genre that you can write a song about a certain Sasquatch, and somehow it still makes sense next to a genuine love song. Very true. You know, and you can use steel drums, or you can. You know, it can be a straight-up rock song. I mean, I, I like that. There's, it doesn't seem to be as pigeonholed with sounds. It's you a know very what I mean? open genre. Yeah. At the yeah. End of the and that really is, from a creative standpoint, it's a very good thing. So. All right, well, cool. So, what all did you do with the Down Syndrome Associations and Societies uh, and stuff that you were helping out? Well, it all started with um, Namahea. So I was wanting to shoot some sort of a video mm-hmm. for that. And I didn't know what, and I was going through all the things in my head of what I could do in Indiana. You know, obviously nothing turns out tropical when you're shooting by a cornfield. This is true. But then you have to realize, well, this song isn't necessarily about tropical. It's just about good vibes and good love and, and whatever. And uh, I was on Facebook, of all places, The Devil's Playground. And I saw a little video of um, of a Down syndrome girl, and she was she was either singing or she was talking to her mom, and I don't know. And I started just tearing up, you know. What I mean, it just touched you to the core. And then I remembered that I went to high school with the girl whose son had Down syndrome or has Down syndrome, and so I immediately contacted her because I didn't know. I didn't know if what I was getting ready to ask, you know, you never know how people are going to take things. Sure. And I just told her, hey, I don't want this to come across exploitive in any way, shape, or form, but I have this song about just good vibes and cheer and spreading love and what do you think? And she was all on board and, you know, she was calling people and I got in touch with Down Syndrome Indiana and asked them if they wanted to do a video. That's really kind of how it all fell into place. So, the video that we shot for Asinomanamahea was shot in December, in a <clears throat> like in a in a kids club basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, you can see the Christmas tree in the background while everybody's wearing lays and dancing with hula skirts. But it was such a good experience, and I've I've just continued to stay in contact with them. The Christmas song that uh, I did. Uh, I had some of the some of the kids come and sing on the track with me, so I just love being involved with them. It's just it's just great. So. That's awesome. Yeah. So, what are some of the goals 
coming up here for for well you in general not necessarily just the tiki tom tom thing but oh wow um i think they're one and the same uh i, I would like to uh obviously just continue riding playing on a bigger scale though i have some things i've been brainstorming with a couple of close friends and Hopefully, well, you and I actually touched on it maybe a couple years ago. Actually, I had sent you some random mm -hmm. texts about uh, renting out venues and things, mm -hmm. so that's still kind of percolating. Um, I have another musical project that I'm starting, um, and it's kind of, originally it was based toward um, first responders and veterans. It's kind of grown a little bit, but. Yeah, that's it. I just I just want to keep being creative, and I just want to put something good out in the world. Just you know, so much negativity, especially now with all the stuff oh, going on, and it's just so exhausting, and I can't stand it. And it's so easy to get caught up in. So you just try to counteract it with some fun silliness and good-hearted love, and you know, something positive. That's that's really the only goal. Absolutely. And and become extremely wealthy. Those two oh, things. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> money's good. I like money. Yeah. <laughs> I have. I would have no idea. I hear. I hear it's good, but I don't know. Well, I'm willing to make. <laughs> I'm willing to make the sacrifice if anybody you know listening wants to you know just experiment on me and. Right. You know, if, if I need to be filthy rich for a few months just to yeah. see how it goes. They say yeah. money doesn't buy happiness, but we are willing to really put that to the test. That's, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, kind of circling back here a little bit because you were talking about uh, the craziness of just calling up someone randomly and asking him to if you'd like to uh, write a song for him. Sure. Um, how did that go? Like, it, I love the song. Twisted Palms is yep. absolutely one of my favorite songs. And no kidding, not just because it's... <laughs> biased. Very biased. <laughs> and uh, by the way, if you'd like to go to Twisted Palms, it is www.twistedpalmsco.com if you'd like to get a quality, high quality, uh, legit Hawaiian shirt. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> but uh, how did that go, that whole process? Just because I thought it was kind of fascinating. You called me up, you asked me a couple questions, and then like three months later, we had the song and we got it to number nine. Yeah. Which was pretty sweet. Yeah. So, I mean, really, you helped out immensely. Yeah. Just when I asked you, well, why did you call it Twisted Palms? What was your story? Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I mean, you obviously remember what you told me. You basically wrote the first verse for me. I noticed that. Yeah. But that was pretty cool, too. Yeah. So you just okay. said, oh, we were just driving through Daytona and yep. saw these two palm trees. And they were twisted together. And yep. it's like, all right, cool. There it is. And then the rest of it, though, like, that was very much you. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, very, like, I might have been the starting point. The rest of it was very much you. How did you come up with that? Just... Musically, when I hear something, so, like, when you sent that back to me, I immediately just heard the first verse. Daytona driving. So, the boom. It's like, okay, I got that. And I just start building off of that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's songwriters know you play around with chords and you'll find what key it's going to be in, what key works best for your voice, and then you've kind of got some basic guidelines of chords you should or shouldn't use around there. And yeah, then it's, some of it's just trial and error. You know, you lay down a solo, you might do 
30 takes if you're doing it all off the cuff till you find what you like and right. yeah just you just kind of keep stacking parts and stacking parts and until so it comes cool. together oh and uh why colors why colors? Why colors? For the albums? For the, the albums? albums? Yes. <laughs> I've been interested in this for a while. I wanted to wait till I met you to ask that. Yeah. Um, you could call it uh, genius, or you could just call it laziness. Okay. It's pretty. <laughs> it's like we were talking about with the name. I just I, I can't come up with every time I put an EP out. I can't call it you know sands of time and the toes of the universe. It's like. That's what she should call it. It's just album. like it's it's just the <laughs> blue great. one, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and the fact that people buy actual CDs now way less than they used to. Mm-hmm. People are just downloading singles. So like, what do you care what record it was off of? It's true. So it just really became the guy did the first one, we we're doing the second one. It's like just change the color. You know? Just and so Awesome. So yeah. what's the next color? Uh, the next one is the color of his shirt, which is kind of a pinkish, okay. but it's coral is the color. Down with coral. So we had, yeah, yellow, green, blue, and, and uh, coral will be coming up next. So, yeah. Yeah, it really is just for me to not have to go, I don't know. I'm not coming up with another name. That is so funny. You're, you are so creative. <laughs> you, I would think that that would be something you'd obsess about for three years. Like no. the next album's going to be this, and the next album's going to be the, you know, the, I don't well, know, moon something. And and to be honest, if I wasn't doing, I, I pretty usually play everything except for the drums. Mm-hmm. The, the guy that does the engineering is a drummer. So he plays drums. Uh, he also plays bass, so if I'm working on something else, he may go ahead and play bass. But everything else, I do. Mm-hmm. And so I have enough that I'm thinking about part-wise. Right. So if I was, you know, if I had everybody else taking care of that stuff, and all I had to worry about was singing the song, maybe I would say, hey, I've got, I want to put a little bit more creative input in here and call the record something. But I have enough floating through my head right now. You know, because I'm already three projects ahead of the one I haven't even finished. Sure. So, colors it is. Colors it is. That's amazing. <laughs> and if we run out of colors, I don't know. Oh, you start opening up the numbers, the shapes, box, right? Just, right. Okay, this album's going to be Periwinkle. Uh, Periwinkle, yes. <laughs> yes. We're good with Periwinkle. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's great. That's a good question, though. Nobody, uh, nobody's ever asked that. Nice. You, you see, uh, actually, something I noticed. Yeah. No, and I get it. I said, I just, I, just one more thing. That how much does it really matter? You know, you, you take a Metallica. You know, the Black Album, Beatles, the White Album. Mm-hmm. Does it matter what the name of it is, or does it matter that the songs are good or not? Sure. You know. And, I, and that, of course, is subjective. I know, but <laughs> I was just gonna say, speaking of which, which do you prefer? between those two since you decided to throw those out. Oh, gosh. See, that's just a hard one. That was a horrible example for me to give. <laughs> Stepped on it. Done. Yeah, I mean... I had to choose... I, I, you can't choose one. You can't ever deny the Beatles just because it's sacrilege if you do. But, you know, if I'm being honest, growing up, I heard a lot more Metallica than I did Beatles. You know, 
Um, Same in my house, it's okay. Yeah, so it's just one of those things. I do be in that, that hair metal genre. You know, I never really listened to a lot of classic stuff until years, years later. Like, I couldn't stand the song Back in Black. Really? ACDC. Well, yeah, because in my hometown, the guys that listened to Back in Black, like, you know, it was Joe Dirt. And so you. you just kind of immediately... Wow. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't want to be and that it guy. Was, right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you would you would tune it out immediately, and then it wasn't until I started teaching guitar and I had to teach it that I you go, this is actually a pretty cool this song. Is actually, pretty cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just start to look at it in different ways. Right. And so it was the same with like Zeppelin. You know what I mean? I was never a huge Zeppelin fan. Mm -hmm. I just it wasn't. No one in my, everybody in my house was a country fan except for me. So I was the black sheep. Mm. So I heard way more Garth Brooks than I heard anything classic rock-wise, sure. except what was on the radio. And you know, it doesn't matter how much you love a song. Sure. If you hear that one song one more freaking time. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And it just <laughs> seemed at that time in my hometown, you know, so everybody was just a, fog hat you know just it wasn't my cup of tea so I, I really shied away from a lot of it so I, I was almost kind of the opposite in a way um, my dad being in the construction industry listened to a lot of the stuff that you're talking about at hair metal and yeah. um, not so much Metallica but certainly ACDC uh, all that other kind of jazz and that's what he was always into so I was really heavily exposed to that at a young age yeah um but uh, things like, uh, well, since we're on the Trop Rock, they had Jimmy Buffett. That didn't happen for me until I was about 25. Well, yeah. And that was, that, that's a whole different story. But like the, the idea that I was listening to Jimmy Buffett shocked some people severely that knew me. Um, and, and now that's actually my, my primary, the genre anyways, my, my primary music source. But, uh, right. So I completely understand. Well, and when I lived in Myrtle Beach, it almost... It almost turned you off, Jimmy Buffett, because sure. and, and to I be see that. to be sure, I didn't know of anybody else other than Jimmy Buffett. Mm -hmm. It's like I knew there was a guy named Jimmy Buffett, and I knew that the Beach Boys did Kokomo. Those yeah. were a, kind of the only yeah. tropical songs that were in my you know in my sight. And every store that you'd walk in and out of in Myrtle Beach was freaking playing Margaritaville. Mm -hmm. And you just go, is this the only song? Right. And then, which is odd because then, you know, you get into Trop Rock and you see that there are tons of other artists and musicians that don't get the time of day. Yep. And so it's, it was the same with me. I, I wasn't, it, it took me a while to come around that I have a similar story on the Jimmy Buffett. Uh, I had a guy come in and he wanted to learn a whole Buffett record front to back on guitar. That's what we did. And that's when I started again to go, oh, okay, I see why people like this song. Oh, this is kind of chill. This is pretty cool. Yeah, okay, yeah. It, similar. Um, uh, I actually worked at the Disney store. My, fir my first real exposure to Jimmy Buffett was uh, my manager okay. that just loved him, loved him, loved him. At the time, I was full on hair metal, 
anything else sucks, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I heard a little bit of it, and again, I heard Margaritaville. I'm like, okay, does this guy have any other song? And um, years later, I would hear Come Monday. And I was like, oh, that's really good. Who did that? Right. Stupid me. And um, then I was like, okay, maybe he doesn't suck. And so I started really... And the funny thing is, my favorite Buffett songs are not the, the ones people would not the hits. say... Yeah. I love them. I love them all. Sure. But very much not what most people would think I would be saying. And um, Bob Marley, everyone knows one love. Yeah. And everyone thinks that he did one love and that then he miraculously died one day. <laughs> but if you start really listening to the rest of it, and then, of course, the, the genre, like you were saying, there's tons of trap rock people yeah. in the genre beyond them. And same thing with Beach Boys. Yeah. Um, but, uh, all right. Well, if... Power, power of the mainstream media, but we, we won't go there. <laughs> now, we don't discuss such things on the Love Florida Realtor podcast, sir. <laughs> That's a good thing. We are That's apolitical a here. <laughs> There's enough stress throughout the week. Oh, yes, there is. Yes, there is. And and as far as the real estate thing goes, funny, um, and we're not getting political, but it's interesting how that affects the real estate really? industry. Um, it really is. It's something you and I will discuss later on, and I'll, it'll probably be a podcast at some point when I can think of a way to not step in it. Right. When, when I'm there isn't a way to not step in it right now. No, there's not. Yeah. But, um, one of the nice things about real estate, though, uh, it's very black and white in a lot of ways, and, and not racially black and white. But it's very black and white where, like, if someone puts something into legislation, either it affects you in this way or it does not affect you this way. Right. I don't have to make up stories. Yeah. Which is, in my opinion, very refreshing in some ways and kind of scary, too, because it's just facts are facts are facts. Right. If it's going to add tax to you, it will. Or if it's going to be a uh, CDD, it's going to be a CDD period for X amount of years. It doesn't matter whether you like it or not. Yeah. But uh, getting away from such things again. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we can trip into that. Real yeah, quick. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not gonna fall for your tricks, <laughs> Burmeister. It's not gonna happen. Um, so if people want to get a hold of you to uh, get you to come on down and do a gig or, gig or something, how do they get a hold of you? Well, they can um, either just—it's probably easy just to go to the website. You can go to tikitomtoms.com. That's Tom Toms with an S at the end. Plural. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, there are a couple Tiki Tom Toms pages out there that aren't me, though. Um, so you just have to go to Matt Burmeister, and it's a picture of me holding my little son when he's about two, because I just don't update profile pics. Like, I don't name records, you know? <laughs> um, it's me, it's there, it's done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so just tikitomtoms.com is probably just the easiest way. You know, you can uh, message me through there. and Yeah, I totally love to come play some gigs at the right places if it all works out. You know, it's like I was saying earlier, I I realize that I'm, I'm in a weird space. You know, I'm kind of not down here in the prime of where it all is and where a lot of the people are and... Which is why I decided maybe I would take a little time and work on some other projects. And some of it was with some of the, um, yeah. I'll just I'll leave that. <laughs> maybe I should. Like I said, maybe I should tread lightly. You know, I just yeah. It was just like eh. But I 
still love it. It's a great time. I have fun. I got a steel drum player I play with all the time. Nice. Yeah, so we do gigs and um, would love to do anywhere and everywhere. For sure. Very cool. Have fun, make some music, meet some good people. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. And for everyone that might not necessarily be familiar with Matt's work, uh, I strongly suggest you go to uh, really anywhere you find music. Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Google, Spotify, all that yeah. jazz. It's all around there. Um, look up Tiki Tom Toms, uh, in particular the Green Album. <laughs> and listen to Twisted Palms because it is the greatest song in history. Uh, but uh, very seriously, if you guys ever wanted him to come out and do a gig or, or collaborate or anything you want to do with him, uh, one of the best guys I've met in the business. Uh, I've known him now for Thank you. a few years now. I, I think if he was a jackass, I'd probably know it by this junk. Well, he is just kind of a jackass, but I love him. Yeah, I hide um, it well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think you'll enjoy working with him. And other than that, until uh, next time, uh, keep on keeping on, just like those Twisted Palms. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Love Florida Realtor Podcast. This is your host, Mark Hanover, and I am a realtor with Keller Williams Peace River Partners in Port Charlotte and Punta Gorda. And today I am super, super excited to introduce my good friend, Matt Burmeister, who is the mastermind of Tiki Tom Toms and the Pineapple Beach Party, who I just found out today finally topped the weekly Trop 40 with Radio A1A, Music for the Road to Paradise, by the way, with his new song, Stella Sunshine. Uh, I am so proud of him. I am so happy for him. Uh, it's some long overdue, really awesome recognition for him. Uh, Matt has been a friend of mine, as I said, for about six years or so. Uh, he's done a lot of shows around the Midwest, and he has done a lot of really great work with special needs kids as well, uh, which he will talk a little bit about here during our interview and uh i was just so so happy that he was able to get that number one spot that is so cool uh also matt wrote and performed the twisted palm song which is the theme song for my other company twisted palms trading company uh twistedpalmsco.com by the way guys and uh it was really cool being a part of that process because although i didn't write any of the lyrics or the music for that matter uh, i did contribute subject matter for the song, which was really special because I've never actually gotten a chance to do anything like that before. So uh, thank you again, Matt, for giving me that gift. And so without further ado, Matt Burmeister with the Tiki Tom Toms and the Pineapple Beach Party. Sunshine, 
and winding roads take us there. Gonna hold on, come what may. Gonna let nothing stand in our way. Stella Sunshine. Yeah.